In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Welcome to Girlfriend It Radio. We are Patty and Lisa, and a random question for you today. All right, here comes. How do you pack for a vacation? Well, you know, that's an interesting question because there are differing opinions, and obviously there is a correct one according to you because we were having a conversation um, just the other day. But I know in uh, the past 12 years as we've been traveling together and going to conferences and retreats and and various things, um, I have learned that there is an art to packing. With your background in the airline industry, you are very much a packing minimalist. Your bag will be half the size of mine. And you tend to brag about that, and it's like a lot lighter than mine. But the thing that I have noticed, as um, you know, you kind of you, you kind of you, you pride yourself in being a minimalist, but you constantly have to borrow things from me. I find <laughs> because I will have an extra outfit in my suitcase, one or two, because I never know. I want to have options. Not not one or two, like five. No, extra not outfits. that many. Not that it's many. Like, we're going we're gonna to speak in this outfit this day and this outfit the next day. And then if we go, go out that night or we do something different, I want to have options. You can't it's imagine about options wearing the same thing for dinner no, that you No, no. I don't wear the same thing for three days like you're okay with. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is but you funny. always look darling in it. That's the thing. If I wore the same outfit for two or oh, three days, stop. it would be you people go, you have the same thing on. And, <laughs> and everybody just... You'll add a scarf or you'll do something. But anyway, it is just so funny because I remember one time I literally said, okay, open your suitcase and show me how you do this. Because I really am a horrible packer. I will pack a lot of things thinking I have everything and then I'll get somewhere and I brought the the wrong things. And so there really is an art to it. Well, it it is funny because you you do have to think being a minimalist. Now, especially when you go on a trip and it costs for each bag that you're packing. So you have to start going, okay, do I even want to pack my bags? And if I am going to pack my bag, I just need to maybe bring, bring one bag. But you and I, we always try to just bring a carry-on. So that's why we really think, And then, you know, And just last week at the airport, I was almost really sad because I had a new thing of um, expensive hairspray. Yes. That I saw, and I thought it was in the limits. It was, it was like the 3.8 size. And, you know, it's not cheap. I think it was 4. And the, in the gal. 4.0 ounces. Oh, no, <laughs> it was 3. Point. I was, and I thought we were okay, but it had to be under 3. And the gal took it. She went through my whole luggage, was exposed to all my 
intimates and everything right there in front of everybody. Well, and that, that's the whole key. When you're packing, you have to think of that now. You have to think of, because many times we have had, at one point, I think we were in Missouri or something, they had the, my suitcase open, your you know bright pink bras exposed. And you also have people sometimes around that you just were at a conference with. So it makes you feel even more exposed that these are your intimates. <laughs> I don't know why that is humiliating, but it really is. So now when you, when you think about it, you have to think of, okay, when I open up my suitcase and I get to wherever my final destination is, the first layer of my clothing needs to be whatever, if I'm going to put on a casual outfit, what is my next thing that I will be wearing? And then you do it in layers. So then you have your pajamas next. See, my pajamas are always at the bottom. Yeah, so you have to unpack everything. Yeah, but so, and I don't know why, because I just think because that's the last thing at night, I'm going to get my pajamas. So I always put my pajamas at the bottom. So your pajamas are your second layer. And then, you know, then the next day is your third layer, et cetera, et cetera. So the bottom layer is your last day of what you're wearing. Also, I didn't know there was, it was so technical about packing. Well, and sometimes you can go sideways because you roll your items. I do roll roll them. And if you roll them, that's going to prevent you from having to iron so much, which you're the iron queen. I do. I I get the ironing board out right away in the iron because I want it to look crisp and and clean. Well, and my dad being in the military, he would roll it with tissue paper. When you put a piece of tissue paper and you roll it, you literally do not have anything to iron. It's just that I always think, what's the deal with the tissue paper? But if you notice, even in stores when they, you know, pack up their shirts and stuff, they have the tissue paper in there as well. So if you roll it with the tissue paper and then you stick your shoes um, with the soles out, they face the lining. I do that because I don't want the dirty soles yes. touching my clothes. And you stuff toiletries in your shoes, like you can put your top, your socks in there, shampoo, conditioner, whatever, because that just gives you more space as well. See, and that's a really so, great tip because I learned that from you to put, always put my socks and everything in there, which I used to not do. I would put them in a different flap. So there, I, it was it was really interesting because we were with um, a, a bunch of girlfriends yesterday talking about this, and everybody had their their opinions on how things should be packed, and they had a system that everybody uses in packing. I really don't have a system so much, and that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to have a system. Well, it's funny what what made us laugh so hard is that when you have a system for your Kids, I've gone either way. There have been times when I have literally in a Ziploc bag, I put, like, I'll put, you know, I put Garrett's socks, his underwear, his shorts, his t-shirt, his toothbrush. I put everything he needed in one Ziploc bag. So, like, this is Monday for, you know, camp. This is Tuesday. This is Wednesday. This is Thursday. And literally... I was there at camp with him as a for on the girl side, and I would see that child wear the same exact thing. He was still on Monday for the entire week, and his suitcase and, was still nicely packed. <laughs> yes, when he got home, week. everything was in the Ziploc bag. So, well, the positive way of looking at that when he gets back from camp, you don't have much laundry to do. No, I didn't, and then I just had him use that for through you know through the rest of the week at home. But I've also gone the other route where I don't even help my kids at all there. And you end up suffering through that because it's like, Oh, I didn't bring a jacket. Oh, I didn't bring my underwear. Oh, I didn't bring my socks. Yes. Know? So you're the one that kind of suffers. I do remember packing for my kids. Cause you do want to make sure because you're the one it, it creates a crisis if they didn't pack the right thing. But that like is how they learn. 
And sometimes it is, have, but then it creates crisis I for know. you and, 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 you know, and it, it's, it's difficult. So sometimes it is just easier to just pack and try to teach them through it and hopefully yeah. they will get it. Guide them. And, they, and yes. that's another thing. One of the, one of our girlfriends said they make the list, but the funniest one, because our girlfriend Shannon was going to Disneyland yesterday, was that she packs her kids clothing according to what will look cute in pictures. And that is hysterical. I never even thought she of that. She coordinates them. So she coordinates all their clothes. So today is khaki day. And, you know, with, you know, pink and white striped shirts and khaki shorts. And then, so then the boys will have, you know, a certain color shirt. So you're always ready for that photo op. And as a mom, that is, that's the things we think about. (laughs) I love it. So it's like, it was very insightful. It was very fun. And um, I will try to incorporate my new packing become a minimalist and I will will still borrow whatever items I need because you'll have, and I'll be okay with that. You'll have several more. Well, we are talking about packing etiquette right now, but we're going to unpack some parenting ideas. And as a parent, what are we passing on? Just to ask that question to ourselves, what are we really passing on as a parent? And our first guest that we are unpacking this with is Angelique Cox. And she's an author who is passionate about instilling proper values and morals in children through storytelling. And Angelique, one of your recent books is The Intercessors Exordium. And this book is a result of a void that you saw in the literacy world for Christians. Um, storytelling, uh, just in the Christian storytelling. So that we weren't put, putting good material out there in, in the Christian circles that were captivating teens and captivating people. So you decided to write a book. So tell us a little bit more about what motivated you behind your writing. Well, first of all, thank you so much for allowing me to come and talk with you this morning. I am uh, very honored to do so. And um, the the motivation that came behind Exordium um, really started about 20 years ago. I was a voice and piano teacher. I had a private studio at my home, my mom's home. And I had a lot of students that were just completely engrossed in the Harry Potter series. And I had not read the books. I still have not read the books. I've seen the movies because I wanted to know what it was about. But I was very concerned by a lot of these children, a lot of Christian children, that were so engaged in these stories, and not just the stories themselves, but the content of the witchcraft. They were um, wanting to learn spells. They were wanting to learn how to make potions. They were wanting to carry a wand. They were um, intrigued by all of this. And of course, uh, I can understand when I look at these movies, I can see why people are, are so engaged with them. They are compelling. They are adventurous. They are mysterious. They have a great, um, a great storyline of creativity. But there's danger in, in what you're learning with the witchcraft. And the thing about it for Harry Potter with me was that it glorified the witchcraft. It glorified sorcery. And, <clears throat> you know, the Bible speaks very strongly about these things, very clearly. It's, there's no, there's no beating around the bush. The Lord just speaks it out, uh, what He wants us to do and what He doesn't want us to do, and He gives us these scriptures to keep us safe because He knows what's going to hurt us. And these kids, they didn't see, you know, when I was a kid, uh, which witches were bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I was, you know, growing up, they were always the evil one. They were always the villain. But Harry Potter was was the hero, and it desensitized children and adults 
to the powers that that are that are involved in that. And you know, there's there's two powers in the world. There's there's the power of God, and there's the power of evil. And if you are using something that's not of God, then it's then it's of evil. And just to let in just a tiny pinhole of this kind of of uh, substance into your life in such a such a you know Harry Potter's fun, it's exciting, it's adventurous, in such an innocent way that seems innocent, but it's really harmful. So it just stuck in my head, and I saw it getting worse. You know, kids and and adults, and you know, I'd watch all kinds of people. Even in my church, I I worked in a church, and I saw people even sitting in the church office reading Harry Potter, and and I was just concerned. I thought, what are we, what are we putting into ourselves, and what are we allowing the devil to get a stronghold in our lives that we don't really understand? So I've been praying about it. And I really started writing children's books um, in 2005. I just started writing children's books for for small children, you know, ages like four to, to nine. And I will continue to write these books. We've published eight of them so far, and I, I want to write them for the rest of my life. I love them. They're called The Tales of Kushla and Cebu. And, um, Angelique, we're going to have to take a break. Sure, absolutely. Was talking about those books. We're okay. Girlfriend at Radio. We'll be right back. Thank you. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet.
Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriend at Radio. This is Lisa and Patty, and we are continuing our conversation with Angelique LaFawn Cox, who is an author of some Christian storytelling and some books. And um, we're talking a little bit about like the Harry Potter series, some of the things that have been out there for kids that have actually kind of created some angst and controversy, even in the in the faith-based community. And as parents, and today we're talking about parenting and what are we passing on. And so in the literary world, and Angelique, we want to go back to this, like the the Harry Potter, Twilight, you have all these Hunger Games now. And actually, I missed some of that season because my kids were older, but Patty was right entrenched in that. And you heard so much controversy about Harry Potter is evil, or they shouldn't read it, or they should read that. Let's dissect that a little bit. Do you think absolutely no, they don't read that? Do you think they read that, but with a filter? What what do you, what do you I, think? I think it's important that they that that they are able to read it with guidance. You know, there is evil in the world. They have to be prepared for that. I just think that what we need to put into I I think what people are searching for is is the need of power. They're searching for power. They're intrigued by the unknown and supernatural. That's why Harry Potter and uh, the vampires and just different things that engage people. They're they're searching for power, and I think that they need to be educated on it by all means. I think like with my kids, I haven't let them read it, but they're really young. Um, I have a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a five-year-old, so they're not there. But I've let the nine-year-old watch some of the movie with me, the first one, and I just explained to her, this is, this is not what we do. The Bible says we don't do witchcraft. And she'll say, well, does that mean heavy, you know, Harry Potter's an evil boy? I said, no, I think it means Harry Potter doesn't know Jesus. You know, I, I think that's the message that this is, this is out there. You have to prepare these kids. And that's what the Intercessor series does, is it is empowering kids to know how to um, tune in and, and, and use the resource of the power of God by prayer, by fasting, by learning scripture. And I think, I don't think that Harry Potter books should be banned. I don't think that any book should be banned. I think that when you're teaching your kids and you're reading, and I homeschool, so we do a lot of, of discussions about these kinds of things, and, and I've taught them several classic books, and there's a lot of violence in all these kinds of stories. I just, I just put into them some guidance along the way. Now, here's what the story is. But this character here does this, and he's a hero, but, you know, Jesus says we shouldn't use witchcraft. We should use prayer. And and that's what I think parents are missing. Mm-hmm. I, I hear so many people, you know, just coming out and, you know, blasting Harry Potter books and blasting J.K. Rowling and all these different things. That's not the message I'm trying to send. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to send the message of guidance with the parents in our children's daily lives, what what they're involved in, talk with them, teach them what the Bible says. They do have to have a filter, and I think that should come from home. I, I think you were spot on, and, you know, our, our whole topic today is what are you passing on as a parent, and you can either, exactly what you said, you can either pass on fear and kind of ban the books, which, you know, initially when Harry Potter came out, I, I know my son was in fourth grade when he all of a sudden comes home with this huge book. 
And the emails were coming around from within the Christian circle that was saying, you know, this author's an atheist, don't let your kids read it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you you do kind of get into that fear part of it. Like, oh my word, he just brought in Satan into our home, you know? <laughs> and, well, and you and you do, you do like, you know, for kids that are wanting, like when I had my studio and they were bringing spell books. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, you can't, you can't bring that into my studio. They didn't understand why. <laughs> no they didn't understand what they were bringing into their home, yes. to their life. So I think that, you know, to, I mean, you can't, you can't train kids up and then turn them out to the world if they're really not prepared for the world. And you well, have to be able to teach them what's out there and how to handle it. Absolutely. And you handle it with the power of God. You have to hand, handle it with the power of God and ca- having them bring that book and go, you know what? You do not read that book. Cause I had a lot of my friends that were saying, do not read that book. Don't do Pokemon. Cause that's, you know, I forget, I forget the wickedness in that, but, um, <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, we can't even go to McDonald's because that's the free game, the free toy that you're getting. And if, if you do that, then you're kind of putting, setting your kid up to be that odd duck, you know, versus exactly what you're saying. Read it with the child and talk about it and say what this is what scripture says about it. I know um, going through the Hunger Games right now, um, reading it and what would you do in this situation and just going through just that, you know, that whole training and guiding them rather than saying absolutely do not put this book in. Right. Well, and and this is this is what I do. Is when I'm, and this is just me. This is just what I do. I'm not saying this is how it should be done. This is just my. This is just what we do in our home. You know, the the world is out there. They have to deal with it. They mm-hmm. have to deal with it. So they see something on TV. They ask a question. Um, they 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 see something in a movie. We talk about it. A lot of times, Josh and my my husband Josh and I we preview movies. We preview things before we let them watch it. But then, if it's something that we think we can guide them through, we'll let them because I want them to be prepared. I want them to be equipped, and I want them to know this is out there, and you are going to have to battle it. But you don't have to be afraid. And exactly. you, you don't have to let this come into your world in, in greater quantities, like, you know, turning your cell phone into a wand or whatever, you know. Um, but the Intercessors, the Intercessors series is, you know, I wrote it for teens, and I, I'll be real honest, I've had more adults read it than teens. I could probably count, you know, on my hands and feet how many teens have read it. And it's been mainly adult readers. And the impact is, we're not utilizing scripture the way we should. God has given us incredible tools in prayer and, and how, in scripture, yeah. and and we don't utilize it. We don't tap into that. And this series is, um, I've not seen anything else out there like it. It is definitely not of me. <laughs> I want to make that very clear. The Lord is behind this. If, I, I know we don't have time, but if I had the time to tell you even how these things came to me, I could tell you every single book for the all. There's seven books in the series. I'm working on the second one right now. The outlines are. I could tell you everything, and I prayed for this, and the Lord answered that prayer and and showed it to me, and I believe that it's it's uh it's his it's his tool to put out there when you do have the Twilight and you do have the Hunger Games and you do have the Harry Potter, and it's it's those are adventurous, creative stories, um, but this one is is adventurous, it's creative, it's romantic. 
uh, everything that you would be engaged in, but it's got the backbone of the Holy Spirit. It's got the teaching of Christ infiltrated in it. And it's not an in-your-face way either. I'm not, that's not my ministry. I'm not, Jesus didn't go around getting people by the shirt collar and saying, you need to believe in me, and I don't either. Um, he was very gentle. He was very loving. And there's characters in this story that are of all age groups which I think is probably why the adults latch on. They've been teenagers. Yeah. They've been middle-aged. Some of them are, you know, they're in their, old, um, in their senior years. So there's characters for all ages. And I just think that this is going to provide not just a reading resource, but also a teaching tool for parents to have. Well, on that, on that note, Angelique, we don't want to get ahead where we don't get a chance to um, give our listeners some great, great gifts that uh, you had mentioned for every single person that goes to your website, they will get a free online book. So tell yep. us, give us all the details on that because we don't yes. want to miss out. We love we're, gifts. We're taking, we're taking Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to I get this. What the Lord told me. I self-published my other books, and I didn't feel led to do that with this one. I felt, well, I kind of am uh, with Amazon, but I'm just letting him guide me. And the Lord laid it on my heart very strongly to give away this book, at least a 1,000 free copies for Kindle, iPad, Nook. Uh, I don't know what else is out there. I'm really old-fashioned. I read books with pages, so I don't even know the electronics that are out there. But um, if you go to the Facebook website, and I'm sure you guys will post it on the on your page, um, and click like. Um, if you're not comfortable to post your, your, your email address or message it to the, to the website, you can email us at theintercessors at hotmail.com, and we will send you a free book. Now, I have it formatted three different ways, so I'll send you all three formats, so that way it covers if you have a Kindle, if you have an iPad, if you have a Nook. You can have this book totally free. I want you to share it. Um, this is not about money. This is about ministry. And so, you know, feel free to pass it on and spread the news. We want this, we want this to catch and, uh, and to start being what people read to have an exciting adventure in reading, but also be filled with the, the power of God at the same time. Well, and what a great time because I, so many people, I, me included, are always looking for a good summer read. You know, to get into the summer and a Yay. good book. And we had some dialogue even going on our on our website about anybody have a good book they want, you know, to read mm -hmm. for the summer. So it's and I love to read series in the summer. So this is great. Great timing oh, to let good. people know. And, and I love that you're giving options because so many times it's we're so quick to say don't do this to our children, but then we don't give them other options to replace it. And so love how you've just reinforced it's it's not that it's evil to read these books, but let's read it with a filter so you understand yes, what's yes. really being said and what and how we really what we really believe. And so many times as parents we don't engage in those conversations because one, right. they take too much time. Um, two, we don't really know how we feel and we're not investing. I, I just remember like like you know Patty said she started reading the book when somebody kept saying those are bad. And she's like, okay, I'm going to read it to see instead of just passing on and going, those are bad, you know, but you engage and go, okay, what is it? Do I, how do I really feel about that? Instead of letting somebody else dictate, um, and tell you how to feel about something, but then love that you just have listened to God and just going, here's God put on my heart as an option for reading. Right. So, um, love that. Right. And yeah, and the thing the thing about it is is that when when kids, you know, like I said when they go out into the world, they're going to deal with these things. Witchcraft yes. is real. Mm -hmm. You know, vampires, well, no, you know, but well there's there are kids that, you know, 
bite each other now and drink blood and things like that. I've read a lot of articles that have been, you know, interesting. Um, But they are going to have to deal with this. So if you just say, this is bad, don't read it, then how are they going to be equipped when they're adults? Mm -hmm. They have to be, they have to be taught. They have to be guided. And I am not saying these books are bad. I I don't think I've said any, any book. I don't think I've ever found a book that I would say is bad. I, every book is educational, and you have to take it and guide yourself. It's like I told my kids. I don't believe Harry Potter is evil. He just doesn't know Jesus. Well, Angelique LaFon Cox, thank you for being with us on the show. Stay with us. Coming up next is Miley Weigel. This is Girlfriended on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Wondering how to market, where to invest, where to advertise, where to find the right advice, or what to do about taxes? Doing business today is a complex venture, and that's where All Biz Talk comes in. All Biz Talk helps businesses and individuals find the right path to their success and learn more about the ideas, products, and services used by today's top professionals. Success leaves clues, so if you want to be successful, it's always best to listen to the people who have already been where you want to be. Our hosts are unbiased and will ask the hard questions, taking your calls to help connect you with the right professionals, people who can help you get a better handle on your personal and business choices. All Biz Talk is not a financial services company and does not offer any financial advice, but we will help you make the right choice when it comes to planning your financial future. Join All Biz Talk Tuesday afternoons at 1 Pacific, 3 Central at allbiztalk.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriended. Our next guest, Miley Weigel, is a gift. her. <laughs> she's a gifted leader, and she's a sports enthusiast and mother to a son, Zachary. She has worked in ministry since 2005 and has a fabulous story, by the way. But she first went into ministry with Luis Palau, um, his association, Living in Action Sports Ministry, and now as the event and communications director for the Arizona chapter of Fellowship of Christian a- Athletes, which 
Um, I was very, I'm having a hard time with my teeth again today. This is the third, <laughs> the third Thursday in a row that I'm complaining about. Are you having issues again? <laughs> but Fellowship of Christian Af- Christian. Christian athletes. Um, I just love that organization, was very much involved with them when I was in college. And we met Miley a couple of years ago working together uh, with the Luis Palau City Fest in Arizona. And the three of us had the opportunity to direct the women's lunch at the festival. And we got to see Miley truly in action with um, just her leadership and just a phenomenal connector and of women. And she was so fun uh, and, with it, too. And, and that's our value. And that's what <laughs> anybody who comes into our fold has to have the fun aspect. So she hit that criteria very well. So welcome, Miley. Welcome to our fold and welcome to our, our show this day. <laughs> Thank you. I know it's so fun. Like the last time I was just thinking about that, the last time I was here was during the Palau Festival. So this is really exciting. And of course, you know, I love, 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 love you both. And anytime I get to be around you is um, a blessing for me. I know that. So they know you. that as well. I remember I am not responsible for anything Mrs. Wyatt says on this show or in anything. So I'm just giving that I disclaimer would, again. I would <laughs> expect no less because it's so true. <laughs> she only speaks truth. <laughs> how are you doing? We are doing great, but we want to hear how you're doing because you really are somebody. You're a single mom to a darling little boy, Zachary, yeah. and you're out there tearing up the world, and you're and you're having fun. Like we said, it's one of your core values, like ours. Always. And and you you take on the challenges of leading, but also the challenges of parenting because we're talking about you know what are we passing on to our children, and mm-hmm. just some of the stories you've told of just you know the values and. Um, and so we just want to kind of go that direction and, and just some challenges as being a single parent, but being um, a dynamic Christian leader, um, yeah. how, do you, how do you instill values and how do you filter through and, and um, just identifying values? Because your background is a little bit different than the background mm-hmm. you're kind of, you know, raising your child. Oh, definitely. And the funny thing is, I, 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 my disclaimer is, is, I literally don't know what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> I mean, it is all from the Lord. I was just thinking about that last night. We were um, volunteering uh, at the snack bar at the baseball field because of his Cub Scouts. And I was just thinking about that. Like, I know a lot of single moms, and I really feel like, even though I work in action sports or a sports um, ministry, I feel like my personal ministry is to single single parents, not just single moms, but single parents too. And I've noticed that a lot of the ones who especially come from a divorce or, or they just, are, they're bundled up with so much shame that they just essentially spoil their kids. And I know that I'm kind of known around those circles. And again, a lot of these people are not believers. They're like, oh, mean mommy. But I mean, I'll take that, but I know it's not mean. It's just that I am, I've learned, or at least I'm learning to really set boundaries, I think appropriate boundaries, um, and just really not giving in to that guilt and spoiling my child because of the situation that we feel is is not the best. But I have to say, it's like when it's me and uh, the Lord and Zach, it's like there's no stronger um, family unit mm-hmm. than that. And even though I don't have a husband and we don't have a, a strong male figure in the home, like we have Jesus. And I truly, truly, truly hold tight to that. And, and I say it all the time. The times when I know, like in my own personal walk, I am like like cooking with gas with, with God. You know, like I'm really in the Word and I'm really um, – 
speaking his face with, with everything that I have. Because I know I, I slip every now and then, but it's in those moments that I know that, like, Zach and I are, we are covered. We're always covered, but, like, I just really feel like there, there's no substitute for it. So, uh, so that's what I try to um, encourage, you know, my single mom friends, single dad friends, but even with Zach, too, knowing that, like, you know, his dad's a good man, you know, just a good guy. Doesn't know the Lord, though, but I, I try to instill in Zach that, you know, he has a father, his Abba father, his, like, his heavenly daddy is, like, always going to be there, will never leave him, will never forsake him. And I just pray that over him every night. Every night, Zach's like, are we going to pray? I was like, yes, you bet, you bet. And so, and then even when I'm like, okay, it's your turn to pray because he's getting older and it's time for him to start leading his own prayer. I mean, that's what he asked for. He's like, you know, Jesus, Lord, just protect me while I sleep. Lord, I pray I have no bad dreams. Thank you for dying for our sins. And it like brings me to tears every time I hear him repeat those words because it's like, you know, it's, even if it's something maybe he's just like memorizing, but one of these days it's going to click and he's going to get it. And so, yeah. Cool when they, um, you will see either an accident on the street or you'll see, you know, homeless person or just whatever. When they, when it clicks and they go, shouldn't we pray for them? That's when you just want to go into sobs. Oh, I know. Because that happened last night. Um, God, you know, unfortunately, like, uh, you know, we're at the baseball field and like some of the older boys were playing too. And I guess uh, there was like a, you know, kids running into each other or whatever. And this one kid like fell on first base and a bigger kid fell on his leg at compound fracture of his femur. Mm. I mean, with like a third grader. And so, and it was actually the older brother of one of Zach's friends. And so, you know, it's just like, oh my gosh, high stress, high stress, like what's going on, what's going on. And then Zach was just like, mommy, we should pray for him. I was like, you are absolutely right. Let's do it right now. You know? So like on the edge of the baseball field, we're just praying for him. And I was just like, the fact that that's where he initially went was amazing. Yes, Amazing. I love that when it clicks for them. Well, he's he's in third or fourth grade. No, Zachy's in first grade. Okay, the kid that I, I got hurt he was, was in younger. Grade. And then when you said that, I was like, okay, whoa, he he grew up really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> he's seven, going on thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So um, you're not into the whole Hunger Games, Twilight series, Harry Potter. You know. Yet. Oh, you, you say that like that's bad. <laughs> no, it's no, not that I'm, I'm just not saying you're not having to deal with those struggles that we were just mm. talking about earlier. No, 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 not yet. Not yet. But um, I have, you know, an interesting thing is, though, I do know some parents with first graders who are not the Hunger Games, but maybe the Harry Potter series, because uh, their children are just so advanced in reading. And I'm like, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I read that book in college. I was like, holy. <laughs> you, know? um, you mean he's but, not reading Lord of the Rings yet? No. <laughs> I haven't even read Lord of the Rings. I can't get through it. <laughs> the verbiage is just too advanced for me. Um, Cliff Notes. I'll, I'll go to that. Um, but no, he hasn't read that. But and he hasn't seen the movies either. Um, even though he would probably love it because you know he's all about swords and fighting and all that great stuff because he's you know male. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, like I, I've had great conversations with you know my my cousin. I have a six. Well, now she's eighteen. But when she was fifteen or sixteen years old, and she was reading, she's the one who introduced me to the Twilight series. And this is a godly, godly family. And I was like, kind of surprised that my aunt and uncle, who are you know somewhat conservative, allowed her to read those. Um, but I think they read them along with her. Mm-hmm. And I think they're. Um, 
their take on it was let's, you know, we're not, let's read it together and let's talk about it, you know, and let's realize that this is fiction, you know, like this isn't real and they don't know the Lord. But I think what they appreciated about maybe the Twilight series was the fact that the, the, the purity and the morality of, even though he was a vampire, you know, like waiting to have sex before marriage, like honoring the woman, things like that. Like they liked those, uh, like aspects of it, you know, the whole biting and all that stuff is, you know, again, it's fiction. (laughs) So I think if you're going to sit and have, if you're going to have your children watch those things, let's sit and talk about it. Talk about it. Like what a great, what a great concept sitting and talking with your children. Wow. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, so but if you let them go off and do it on their own, then of course they're going to come up and they're going to believe what their peers are saying. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. And you know what? Books with strong women, that can't be bad. You know, the Bible has strong women in it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, hey, if somebody wants to call me Esther, I'm like, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> For such a time as this, you may call me that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love the way you put that. <laughs> well, you know what? what is cool, too, is um, so many times, especially as single parents, but even, you know, if you're not a single parent, you have both, both parents. It is so important and significant to surround yourself with other people who are speaking into you as you are parenting your child. Because it really does take a village. And it really oh. does community. And that's what's so cool. You have surrounded yourself with some pretty amazing, um, godly people in your life that, that, that speak into you and your children and, and you, as you are speaking into other people. And we only have less than two minutes before we have to take a break. Oh, but okay. um, speak into that a little bit, just the influence of others in your life as you are parenting. Um, and I, I have to say that, especially within, within, a Christ, within the Christian realm and, and within my Christian walk, um, coming to the Lord um, when Zach was six months old and immediately uh, moving in with my aunt and uncle and immediately, literally, like at when you know, a couple months after coming to the Lord, going and working with the Louise Palau Association and moving to Portland, I have to say, like, God orchestrated all of that, and I really do not feel like I would be where I am now if I hadn't had that covering. Had I stayed in New York and tried to do it on my own, I mean, who knows? Like, God can do it all, and, like, He is greater, and I don't want to give any power to the enemy. However, He... He made it where I could be just saturated, and I, and I love saying that word because I was saturated, marinated, all of that stuff where I was just so covered and just ingrained and engrossed with Christian, um, with people who loved Jesus. And, and, and I feel like I grew so much because it was like a steep learning curve. You know, it was just like, don't know the Lord, love Jesus. Now you're going into ministry. It's like, what? So, like, I had, a, I had to learn a lot just about my own walk, and I had to learn a lot between my relationship and God, like, straight out the bat. So the fact that I was just, I don't even really think I, I communicated with a lot of my non-Christian friends for a good couple years. I mean, I was just, because I was so laser-focused on me, God, and Zach. Like, that was it. So I'm so grateful that I had that foundation. And I just feel now, like, I, I, since I've grown so much now, I can reach out and try and influence others in that way. Well, Miley, keep that thought going, and we will come right back with Girlfriend. Yay! Thank you.
This is Girlfriend on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Ministry is filled with both highs and lows, victories and struggles. It can be the best job of the world, but it can also be the hardest. Where do you find the balance between serving God and the joy of truly knowing Him? Wellspring, tending the heart of ministry with Joanna Weaver. Thursday afternoons at 5 p.m. Central. Join us each week as pastor's wife, best-selling author, and host Joanna Weaver interviews women who serve God from the heart, both those who are well-known and those who minister in less visible ways. You'll discover tools for the ministry, but more importantly, you'll learn how to give God access to the deep places in your heart. For ministry is more than what we just do in public. It is who we are in private. Wellspring is here to inspire you to look into your heart of hearts and invest in the place ministry truly begins. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So join us for an hour that just might change your life. It's Wellspring, tending the heart of ministry with host Joanna Weaver. Thursday afternoons at 5 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Have you been laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriend at Radio. This is Patty and Lisa, and we are talking with Miley Weigel, and we're having too much fun. And we're talking this day about um, just as parents, what are we passing on to our kids? And we've been talking about books and literature and just all sorts of the values, where we get our values, how we pass them on. But Miley, you are now um, just so entrenched with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yes. You explain a little bit at their mission, their statement, and let's just talk about the realm of sports and its effect on kids, pros and cons, because we see so many of our kids now, even like, you know, they start early and everybody gets a trophy. So everybody's validated, you know, I mean, there's so many aspects of this. So tell us a little bit about the mission of Fellowship of Christian Athletes and just why you are, why you're involved with that. Well, the, um, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, their vision, oh, that was set back in 1954, is to see the world impacted for Jesus Christ through the influence of athletes and coaches. Now, I think even especially this past year, 
the you can see the effects of, uh, of, of, of athletics. I mean, you look at the Tim Tebow's and the Jeremy Lin's and now the Bubba Watson's who they, God has raised them to this position of prominence in their sport and, and they're doing it right in the sense that they are um, giving it all back to the Lord. I mean, they're staying humble where they can and I mean, I just feel like they, they've They've got a laser light on them, but that's that's kind of like the point. Like we want to speak in to their lives, so they can speak into the lives of all those all, all of those that they influence. And so, I see like the trend of uh, like pouring into a coach, like helping them with the, you know doing Bible studies with them, helping them in their walk, and being a good coach, a good influence, a godly man or woman, and then in turn them like influencing their. Um, their athletes, and then, like I said, and then the athlete influencing their peers. I was not a believer in high school, and I remember this one coach, uh, Coach Berger, who was a baseball coach and, like, took our team to state and this and that, and I didn't know, like, the influence that he was having on his baseball players, even though now we all talk about it. This man, solid believer, like, loved the, loved the Lord, and now, like, when you look about 15, 20 years later, three of his baseball players on his state team are all walking with Jesus. And they attribute that to his influence. Granted, it, was, it wasn't like they came to know the Lord right away, but they saw something in this man, in their coach, and the person who they probably spent more time with than their own father because of, you know, the athletics. Mm-hmm. And now it's like he, he, they paid it forward. I mean, it just it kind of blows my mind when I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah, there was something totally different about that coach and how he spoke into his kids. <clears throat> and so now, like, these men are grown adults, and, and they all love Jesus, and they want to be like that. It's just it's just kind of amazing. So, And, and the impact that a coach, I mean, a teacher, any adult, adult when you're bringing oh, yeah. kids, the impact is, you know, it's funny because uh, last night when I went for a run with my husband, he, we just had this conversation. For whatever reason, something about his coach came up, and it was his college coach, and they had a fallout. And he ended up letting my husband keep his scholarship for his last year of school, but he, he mm-hmm. chose not to. And just those words that the coach had said to him as an adult has stayed with him all of these years. And Isn't that we amazing? just don't realize. And, and, and even even dial, going through the dialogue and explain, you know, going, I bet you he was going through a lot. And sure enough, he was. He was going through, mm-hmm. his wife had cancer. And, but you don't see it. You only see it from your... 18, 19-year-old lens, you know? Oh, of course. I mean, and especially, um, I got this really great, uh, like, picture from Facebook about, like, it's this sign that's hanging on a Little League, uh, a Little League baseball field saying, you know, he's not a man yet, or he's just a little boy. And it's just this great poem essentially saying it's like, you know, the, the fun and excitement of the game and, like, the crack of the ball, but then he misses and then there's boos and hisses and, like, I mean, just essentially, I, I don't know who wrote it, but it had to have been mom. Um, <laughs> saying, what? It's, he's just a little boy. It's like by booing and hissing him and telling other kids to take the bum out and all that stuff, like, what are you doing? It's like you are sucking the fun and the life of this game, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you're not making it fun anymore. It's like they're just kids. It's yes. like it, it amazes me how, like, and I, and I appreciate, like, you know, you want what's best for your kids, and, but not every kid's going to be a Tiger Woods, and, and, and not every kid's going to be, like, whatever child athletic prodigy there is. But the sacrifice that they make as men or, yes. or, or women when they get older, is it worth it? 
I mean, really, is it worth it? It's like, I don't, I don't think so. They get one shot at this life. And, um, if there's not balance there, I mean, I think that you can like encourage your kids, push your kids. I don't think every kid needs a, I think they do need to learn about like success and failure because if everybody wins all the time, then they're never going to learn how to pick themselves up by the bootstraps and go, go up, go after it again. I mean, so, uh, but again, it's like, don't push them to the point where it's not fun. You know, I don't know. That's just me. Well, we just read an, an article recently talking about as as adults, this, the generation, um, the the Y generation, as they're slowly hitting into the twenties, um, they re- they are really struggling with that because uh-huh. they everybody has told them what a great job. And it, it, as a matter of fact, in one of the articles, it was joking that you know from the time they were younger, when they would blow their nose. It was like, good job, you blow my <laughs> nose. And it's like, okay, seriously, Lisa, why don't you tell me when I blow my nose that I'm doing a good job? Exactly. No. I mean, it's, like, it's, it's a little bit ridiculous, yeah. you know? I mean, and maybe you're just so excited because you don't have to blow their nose for them. But seriously, we're going to let them, you know, the, the accolades on that are continuously, they are being told what a good job. And so they, they get into the workplace and all of a sudden it's, you didn't clean up that aisle or, you know, lane nine needs, you know, the oil scrubbed and all these other things. And no one is acknowledging them. No. And they really are struggling with it. Exactly. I mean, it's like, and again, praise is good. Praise is good, you know, however, but temper it with humility. And um, it's like the same way I was reading an article about a professor at Harvard, you know, like he gets these, you know, kids who come in and their first paper, he gives them like a D and and they're like, what? Like, how dare you? And the teacher's like, it's not that great of a paper. He's like, but I'm an A student in high school. It's like, uh, this isn't high school. And that's the sad thing because then, then there's that shock of reality where it's like, you know, let's not, let's not, uh, cover them so much in the sense that it's like they're, they're not delusional, but like they're, they're not given a dose of reality, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I don't think we're doing our children any disservice by, you know, uh, coddling them for too long. And that's well, another reason, like, I'm kind of a hard mom where I'm like, you know, it's, it's like, my son is great. He's amazing. And, but I'm, but I'm also trying to teach him to have humility and, you know, that life isn't always fair. And, you know, you're not always going to get, even though that kid gets whatever he wants and whatever his mommy's like, that's not you, mm-hmm. that's not me. And you're going to be better off for it. <laughs> even though he gives me dagger looks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, and, and even as parents, if we don't do that, cause I know even uh, because their grades are so significant for scholarships, mm-hmm. it's easy to be one of those parents that well, go talk to your teacher, ask him what you can do for extra credit, <laughs> ask him what, and you know, right. we, we just didn't go through that. It's like, you get a B, you get a B, you get a D, you get a D. Now it's like, can I do extra credit? Can I do no. It's like, why didn't you do the work that you were assigned? So you don't have to do extra credit, you know? Yes. And my thing is, like, I know, like, I mean, I'm going to brag about my son. I know my son's very smart. <laughs> I mean, that's just Of course You know, of course. Look at his mother. Uh, I'm just kidding. But, you say that so very I, No. I, I do. Um, but I know, I do know that he, it, he's smart. He's gifted in his reading and he can do that. Um, and I push him not because like I demand him to get good grades because I demand him to live up to the potential that God has gifted him with. 
Yes. And, and that's the thing. It's like God gives you these gifts, but he also gives you the choice to fulfill them and to use them. And that's where my, where my, like, I put my foot down and I'm like, I know you are not living up to your potential. And I know this because I'm your mother and you're seven. So it's like, uh, so get to it. I will help you in any way that you need. I will not give you the answers, but I will walk up. I will walk beside you and I will help you in any way that I can, but I will not do it for you. And I will push you to do it because I know you can. And that's so, such a great, such a great attitude because, as you know, um, you will see projects that you go, there is no way this child did this project, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and especially, I mean, this sounds very sexist, especially when it is coming from a boy, um, mm-hmm. unless they are the real artsy-artsy type. There are some where mm-hmm. you go, okay, this was a scrapbook page. <laughs> you know, this came straight okay. from mommy's closet, you know. And I, oh, I, I know. some of the things my, my son would turn in, you know, and he'd be ripped out of magazines and glued on a poster board. And it's like, okay, there's one thing guiding and there's one thing just doing the project for, for them. And, it, and it's hard. It's tough. Right. Well, and, and his also- parents... You also want them to get it done quickly because you're like, oh, I've got more things to do. Like, let's get this out of the way. And I'm guilty of it. I'm just like, all right, hurry up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And uh, so my struggle is learning to, like, bring it down a notch and give him – so, like, carving out more time that I don't have uh, to for us to work on the project a little longer. So – Yes. Well, we really do parent out of convenience a lot of times, and we don't want our kids to suffer, so we overcompensate for a lot of that, and really, are we we helping them in the big picture? And we forget to look at the big picture, that we really are preparing them to be healthy, functional, productive adults, and so if we look at it that end, going, when they're 18, um, my husband and I, when we were were raising our kids, we go, by the time they're 18, we want to know that they can be independent, you know, fully functioning adults that are healthy, that love the Lord. So to get to that point, what do we need to do at this stage to get to that point with that goal in mind and back into that? And it's not always about making life easy for them, which is so hard, especially as a mom. Oh, yeah, that's a suffer. Yes. Oh, I know. We have less than a minute. Okay. Um, Okay, I don't even know how to wrap this up because this is such great dialogue that we all oh, we all are feeling. And, and one of the things is there is no set formula, right formula that if I do this and I do this, it will guarantee this outcome. And right. That's the thing with this so tough with parents because kids do have a choice, mm-hmm. and we can do all the right things, and they still can make bad decisions. But it's just yeah. love them through, keep do, keep instilling the values, keep praying for them, and right. and, and realize that God is in control, is the ultimate parent with all of that. Oh, totally. And I think um, consistency. If, exactly. they see your, if they see you being consistent, then then that will make them feel more secure. Because hey. I really think hey. that's what it is. Thank you. It's been Girlfriend at Radio with Patty and Lisa. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It. The show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show 